Hello and welcome to our uh, first episode of our uh, Hockey History Podcast. I am your host, Riley, and I am joined by Bill. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. And and this is our, our, our first official episode, and we're calling it The Problem with Amateurs, and we're going to be talking about um, various amateur hockey leagues that existed prior to the NHL, starting in the 1880s and moving up through the uh, early 1900s. And uh, so th- this is a this is an interesting sort of challenge because there's a lot of things that were very different about hockey um, back back then. And uh, to give you an example, uh, the first the first league that I'm going to be talking about in a little bit, the um, Amateur Hockey Association of Canada, they had uh, no goal nets, um, no crossbar, uh, no boards, and no standard dimensions to the rink. So we, <laughs> we're a long way from the, <laughs> the modern game. In addition, there were six skaters as well as a goalie. And the goalie didn't have pads. There were no pads, no goalie pads. Wait, did he have, did he have newspapers taped to him, though? Because that's a big deal. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope so. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, it must have really hurt. But maybe there was no lifting of the puck, for all we know. Yeah, there might not have been. I, 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 don't, I actually didn't find... Uh, find that out um there was also a goal umpire like i guess like the goal judge today uh-huh. who had to like decide whether or not it was legal when the puck went between the two like sticks <laughs> or whatever they had um and uh i mean there's a I've long long list of... like that <laughs> sorry i said i've played a few hockey games like that yeah <laughs> Um, there's a long list of rules on Wikipedia, which is kind of interesting, but a lot of them are, uh, are like quite archaic anyway. Um, so we're dealing with, uh, another time. Um, and we wanted to spend some time talking about these leagues because there are some of these players have been put in the hockey hall of fame. Some of them have many, most of them have not. And, uh, it, it it's sort of the fundamental question of this show is, you know, who belongs and who doesn't. And with these leagues, we're kind of stuck at this point of, we have no idea <laughs> because there's, there's a lot of players, uh, not anywhere near as many as there are now, obviously. Yeah. And it seems like only a few select ones have been in and it's, it's hard to know what the criteria is because in addition to having six skaters and having no goal nets in the AHAC, for example, there's also things like people scoring, you know, um, some, some leagues had some leagues tally goals and assists and leagues only tally goals, but you have leagues where people were scoring, you know, two goals a game um, pretty frequently. Uh, Something that's, hasn't been heard of in a very, very long time in the NHL. Yeah. Um, not even Gretzky. Yeah. Since, since, since the teens, basically yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the previous century. So um, it's, there's so many things that are different about it. It's quite hard to, uh, uh, did you have any interesting rules that you came across that you were uh, like? Not, not particularly. Um, it seemed like, 
when I was uh, researching the ECAHA and um, the FAHL and this, uh, well, the CAHL, which I believe might have, may have been yours, and then the CHA, all of that, all of those leagues seemed like they they didn't have ten, like too many interesting rules, and they were sort of moving towards the modern game at that point. Um, yeah, you know, with the the advent of like, well, are are we all amateurs? There's some pros, some this guy's so good, we kind of have to have him, so we're gonna pay him, but nobody else. Like, there's there's a weird, I think. The most interesting thing that I found out about the leagues that I was covering was just like, yeah, it's sort of that crossover between amateurism, complete amateurism, and then a little bit of pro because the Americans had been sort of competing with them and just like started to pay people. Yeah. And then just the everybody just saying like, well, yeah, we're going to make a pro league and like, oh, okay, we're all hockey players now. Like, so yeah, kind of interesting the way that works. Um, just since speaking of, uh, yeah, I mean, like the the leagues I covered were way, way. Yeah, they're pure editor, right? Yeah, like so the even, like they didn't have three periods; they had two periods, or halves rather. Um, the the A, I'm gonna keep screwing this up. The AHAC, um, was a challenge system until uh, until 1893. So the first seven years of its existence, it wasn't even like a series league. Yeah. It was just like, there were some teams in the league. There were in the first year, there was uh, five teams and they just like challenged each other <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, it, you. It's, it's yeah. yeah like, we want to play this team. And it's almost it's like just, pro wrestling. But like, I challenge you. Yeah. Like, right, I'll see you this Sunday. <laughs> and it's so far, it's so far, um, from what we know, yeah, you know, you, you could like how how can you even judge, you know, uh, the results in any kind of modern way when yeah. they weren't they didn't have a regular schedule, you know, literally nothing. I mean, there's a picture of, um, on Wikipedia, there's a picture of one of the games, and it's just you know, it is literally just uh, a rink outdoors, yeah, um, like you would see in a park in Canada. Um, not right now because we're in a thaw, but you know, three weeks ago. Um, yeah. and it's, it's, you know, and there are some that were, that were, uh, held. I'm not sure they actually were ever held indoors. There were definitely, there's pictures that suggest like possibly, but it, it looks as though mostly they were outside. There, um, there, there was a rink that McGill, um, well, that's right. Yeah. It was like the first indoor hockey game ever played, and it's like a parking garage now because yeah. Montreal's not so good at keeping up with their history stuff. Yeah, <laughs> not sometimes there, but not always. <laughs> so the other issue, um, which I think we both encountered, but mm-hmm. me particularly, is uh, is one of uh, in terms of comparing players from from this era. Aside from the fact that the rule, you know the schedule wasn't necessarily standardized and all this stuff is um, that we're talking about a very small sample with the players who did play. And to give um, an example for the AHAC, the Mm -hmm. player who played the most games in the history of the league um, played, I believe, it was 60, uh, 62, sorry, 62 games total 
in the course of the the league. Uh, That was a guy named Dolly Smith. And that's, of course, less than a season of NHL hockey. Um, And he played way more than anybody else, like anybody. Uh, No one comes close. Was was he inducted? Uh, He's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I, I, no, I feel like he almost should be just based on that sweet name. Yeah. Dolly uh, Smith. I want that guy. He also like he was a he was a a general in World War One. General. <laughs> and can you imagine that you're like you're you're in Dolly Smith's division? Like, that's weird. <laughs> I, general's I, named Dolly. You know what? I'm I'm gonna get into a whole thing about great names later. <laughs> so. <laughs> and there are some beauties. Yeah, yeah, like, wow, there's some. That's one of the greatest names I've ever heard. <laughs> there's some really strange ones. It's but awesome. anyway, it's like this is this is the guy who is the career leader uh, for the AHAC and for probably most of the early because uh, the WPHL, or sorry, the CHL um, and the MHA are both. Uh, you know, they they had people who played significantly less um, oh, 51 games for the CHL and those, you know, it's, it's, you can't say like, Oh, that's the standard we can compare it to. Cause those are like the maximum that someone played. Yeah. Most of them played 20 games or less than that. And in fact, most of them didn't play 20 games. Most of them played even less than that. Cause I guess people, like you were saying, people kind of drifted in and out based on, where they could get work and they were there and then they weren't there. I mean, you, you got, uh, if you were to do the top 25 in games played for, um, uh, the AHAC, you get into the single digits in terms of games played. Oh yeah. And I, I kind of have a feeling it was back in those days. Like, well, we've all got a job. So, uh, yeah. When, when's the monthly game there, chaps? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Just, yeah. Like, and you would just show up, and whoever could show up would show up, and it's like, oh well, this really good guy can't show up on that day, so we're not going to play that day, and then just it becomes like a let's meet once a month. It's a club, and then maybe they played a bunch of like games that didn't count in between. Maybe they played Whoa. a bunch of games that were like, oh, we're, we'll play this minor club while we're waiting for the like actual other club to be ready. And like, so they might've played, a, they might've played once a week and just like, it was whoever shows up. They're like, but this one, everybody showed up. So it's official. See, man. So, <laughs> uh, <I don't> <laughs> so uh, and also because the age AC was a challenge system, mm-hmm. um, you have completely different records. Yeah. So the Montreal Victorias played seven games Whereas two of the members of the league played one game. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, So just like who, it seems like it's a, and I think that sort of progresses through my leagues to a certain extent. It's like a, whoever was available. Yeah. yeah. Great. (laughs) And like, I don't know if you can call a team that played one game that say they were in your league. Yeah. But they do. Um, in fact, the both of them won. All the guys are just like, well, we've got some these jobs at the mill, and yeah. it's opened again, so bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both the Montreal Hockey Club and the Ottawa Hockey Club won their one and only games in the 1887 AHAC season. So they're perfect. Yeah, yeah. They have <laughs> 1,000 records, yeah. Yeah. They're very, very good. Um, okay, so 
we know we know the rules are weird and we know um the sample is terrible but we're still going to talk about these guys at least a little bit yeah and i'm going to start with uh the second ever amateur hockey league, the Amateur Hockey Association of Canada. And it's notable because the first amateur hockey league um, was like a hockey league in Kingston. Like it was just just Kingston in Kingston. And presumably it was a couple teams in Kingston. There's It's so uh, underknown that there isn't a Wikipedia page about it. Um, I Have you read Stephen Harper's uh, book? I try hockey. not to read anything. That yeah, he's me too. Done, I haven't read it either, so no, I'm just I'm wondering if he like wrote about it. I don't know. Quite, you know, he's quite the historian. Yeah, um, I feel like maybe I should have just like at least got it out of the library to see if he wrote about this Kingston Ontario Hockey League, but I didn't because, like you said, I I try not to read anything by him. Um, that's you know for what? Americans. That is our the former prime minister. Oh yes, and uh, you know. For 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 all the negative things that have been said about him, and I've had plenty to say, at least he wears a shirt most of the time. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's my my it's my Trudeau dig. Yeah, <laughs> like he's doing great in that. I think he's better, but he's still kind of just focusing on the I'm pretty, I do some stuff, but like do yeah. more stuff and stop being pretty. <laughs> yes, yes, they should definitely actually pass some legislation. Yes. Um. So it was the second ever amateur hockey league. It was the first championship hockey league. And, but so it was the first league that actually had a title t- that could be won in the course of the year. But like I said, for the first seven years of his existence, it was a challenge system. Yeah. And I, I find that really weird. So I think what happened is the winner of like a, a team either got to challenge or was then challenged. And so oddly, in the first season, um, the team that played the most games and actually was uh, six and one, they they won six games and they lost the championship. Oh, man. So they played seven games (laughs) and the team that won the league finished two and three. So So clearly at some point after season after season of this, they realized that maybe just having a challenge doesn't make sense because like, how could you have, I mean, at least in the next season they had a set, they all played six games, but like they must've realized at some point that this is, um, you know, you can't have the, like the second best team winning the championship because they played, they won the last game, you know, of the season. So they eventually future, future seasons would have, Presumably, the team with the best record generally would win, but it was more. Um, so, like in 1890, the Montreal Hockey Club won, and they won went seven and zero, and they just got challenged by three other teams, and they won every game, and so they uh, they didn't need to. Um, and then there were other. I don't know. It's it, the whole league is. It's very. It's clearly very disorganized. Like you were saying, Bill. I think teams existed when they existed if they didn't have the players they probably just the game didn't happen and uh but that doesn't mean there weren't lots of players and and lots of scoring um it's it's a a league that you know there were i i saw an 11 to 4 game there somewhere um there were you know uh almost uh scored even more goals than the bronze medal game there and uh (laughs) 
So Look at this guy watching the bronze medal game. I was at work. <laughs> yeah, I was. It was up. It was. Uh, it was on super early. So I, I, I can't I, remember what day it was. I was basically as soon as they weren't going for the gold, I was just like, "Well, all right, whatever." I'm yeah, a little yeah. bit bitter. I was like, yeah. "I hate the checks. Uh, I'm probably gonna get mad if we lose." <laughs> just I'll just not watch. I'm like, "Oh, we beat them. Great. Take that, checks." <laughs> um. So, uh, just to give some idea of what we're talking about here. Um, the AHA, the AHAC produced only three Hall of Famers, and these Hall of Famers are uh, hilariously um, were not stars of this league at all. Really? So they they all went on to play in other leagues. Okay, okay. So we have uh, a guy named Graham Drinkwater who um, played. Uh, the fourth most games in the history of the AHAC, which would seem like a lot, but is literally half of the guy who played the most. And um, he finished, uh, I believe, 30th in points. uh, No, that can't be right. No, that that is a mistake. Not 30th in points. That's that's the next guy. Uh, Six in points. Sorry, that makes way more sense. And he finished with a .97... you know, PPG, AP, uh, GPG, same thing. Yeah. Goals per game. They, they didn't have assists. Uh, okay, time. So uh, He's a beaut. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. And then we have Rat Westwick, who was in future leagues, pops up a lot. Uh, he was 13th in right games. Yes. Yeah, because he was in like every league, every one of these leagues, which I think is why he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then he was a .88 pb uh goal per game guy very nice um but he played in only 16 games which is basically a quarter of the the most anyone played and we have a harry try or tree i'm not sure how to pronounce it uh it was 26 in games 46 in points and 0.33 p uh goals per game which makes me think he must have been a a cover point or a rover or point he was just a straight point what yeah, hell of a point. Yeah, and and it's funny because these guys, like, if if you hear me saying that, the only one of these guys who's like a notable player for this league was this Graham Drinkwater. Yeah, uh, the rest of them barely were barely in the league. You know, like Rat Westwick played uh, sixteen games, and Harry Tree played nine games, and then we have the infamous Dolly Swift who played sixty-two, um, and uh, and scored. 0.9 goals per game, which sounds impressive until you see the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a guy with a great name, Haviland Ruth. Ooh, that's um, a great one. Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, this guy played in only 23 games, so one-third of what uh, Dolly Swift managed, but scored 1.7 goals per game. Yeah. Um, so was clearly, clearly a star uh, as much as you know, you could be in this this crazy league with, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, a very inconsistent schedule and, and various other things. Um, and uh, anyway, there's there was a bunch of these guys who who excelled in this league, but who were not ever considered for the hall. And the only thing I can think of as to why um, is that this league was just not organized enough when the hall was deciding who to put in. 
this league, there wasn't enough consistency in terms of every, literally everything about it, I think. Um, yeah. Given, you know, everything we know about, like the, the fact that they didn't, like I said, I'm not even sure they ever played indoors, you know, and they had no boards. And they there were so many, uh, this Howlin' Ruth guy, um, he, uh, oh, sorry, he was a rover. Um, yeah. he was, he's not in the hall, even though he was far and away of all the players that I could find, he had the best far and away, the best goals per game of anyone who managed to play 20, at least 20 games in this league, <laughs> because I had to, I had to I cut it off somewhere. Yeah. Right. Cause the next highest goals per game is like, I played th- three games. So, you know, um, but he's not, he's, he's been deemed yeah. not, you know, for whatever reason, the Hall decided this league wasn't serious enough. I don't know. I, I find the fact that this guy and Dolly Smith are not in the Hall of Fame to be a little weird in that this was the first... Yeah, it has its problems, but it seems to have been the first really organized yeah. well, league. I, and you know what? There's something that I found in my research that I kind of have a feeling that by the time the Hall became a thing... They almost couldn't find anybody alive who remembered seeing that guy play, so he had no votes. We we're just like, ah, well, whatever. We and the thing is, saw that guy play. when like, was the first? In, the first induction was in what the early fifties. Okay, yeah. So this guy, this guy was still alive then, which is like sad. Oh, he was still alive. Uh, Haviland Ruth was anyway. Okay, uh, Dolly's. I mean, like, who's how many people were alive on the voting? Well, I mean, yeah. like you look at the last voting committee and. Uh, you know, God rest yeah. his soul. But Pat Quinn, like, he was pretty ancient by the time he was on that voting committee. And it's like, well, yeah. like, and he had coached, so obviously he'd seen these guys play. His opinion mattered. But is that the way they did in 45? Or it was literally like, hey, did you see uh, Bugsy McGee play? Be like, uh, well, yeah, but I had one glass eye back in the old days. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, like, who knows oh, how no, I'm, many people I'm sure you're right. saw these people play, right? So I'm sure you're right. I think that... Yeah. A lot that played into a lot of it because, uh, you know, this was a long time ago, and I think there was probably at least a certain degree of like, especially with the AHAC, mm-hmm. it it was over before the turn of the century, yeah. and it really was. I mean, there's it's very clearly, you know, the other leagues, like you're going to talk about that there may have been some whether or not they're amateur might have been debatable but yeah um you know with this one there's no question yeah. <laughs> you know right, everything about it, it was kind of amateur right I mean, so, from the 1880s to the ni- to 1945 don't forget how many people died in both wars mm-hmm. spanish influenza all that's like how many people actually saw these guys play probably by the time they were actually voting on this almost nobody yeah so and especially on the, you know, the select members of the voting committee. It's not like they went searching for, hey, you saw that guy play, old, you know, old coach or old player who happened to play with that guy for three games. Was he good? Like, I guess they at that point, I think sort of almost like the players in the 1880s would have been so long ago that they just sort of went like, well, nobody saw him play. We have no stats. Yeah. Let's just, you know, unless unless we hear something, let's just kind of walk away from it. 
And and someone did take stats, but I think you're absolutely right. Like the guys from this league who are in the Hall of Fame all played in in later leagues. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what and seems I mean, to have gotten them in. Yeah. And um, it's it's the thing is too, like it's like even in the even in the era of the guys that played in my era or slightly later than that, it was like I was I was <laughs> I was uh, watching uh 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 you know, hockey at people's history. Yeah. Just, you know, just to sort of see if there was anything I could glean out of that. And it was like, oh, well, uh, there was, you know, this team that played in Buffalo and betters would get the the live play-by-play by telephone. <laughs> like, really? They had a play-by? <laughs> and then, like, players would find out about their contract by telegraph. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It was a hundred and something years ago. <laughs> like, it's insane how, like, Who's yeah. keeping score? That guy with the pencil over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he walks away with the scorecard, and nobody ever knows what happened in that game. They're like, well, that's all yeah. the books. Like, those leagues where there's, you know, this guy played 20 games. He might have played 50, 60, 75 games, and just the guy who kept score that night left. <laughs> like, well, yeah, we have I no idea. Nobody knows. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we really don't. Um, and, and, you know, the, the pickings are slim online in terms of information. Absolutely. uh, With some of these leagues. So before we move on to the next one, I just wanted to mention a guy named Tom Patton or Tom Payton, not sure which, um, I actually just, if you open your chat thing, I just sent you his picture, um, because it's amazing because he was a goalie. And if you look at him, you'll be like, that isn't a goalie. (laughs) Hang on, Tom Patton. Oh, what a beauty. <laughs> so this guy was, as far as I could tell, the best goalie of the era because he played. He led the league in games played three times, and he led the league in wins five times. And so I, I, I can't imagine another goalie. Um, no. Too many other goalies did that. But it's worth noting when we look at his pitcher, which obviously listeners can't see, he is just a player. He has no equipment. Yeah. He has a no stick. equipment, although he does stick. have a rabbit on his shirt. So that he has a rabbit on his shirt. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks very old time. He's got a great mustache. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He looks like he has some beefy calves to block pucks with. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it it that that picture like helps like yeah. really impress upon me how old this is. Because that's the I mean, goalie. Like literally not even shin pads, like not even yeah. newspapers. It's terrible. He's just another player on the team. Yeah. Yeah. If if you had told me like, hey, you're gonna be in nets, but uh, no equipment, be like not even like modern day shin pads, be like, nope, be like, I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah, I give up. <laughs> I used to play yeah. ball hockey like that, but that's a different story. Yeah, we've we've all taken an orange ball to various parts of our bodies, and it's yeah. always horrible. It's like yeah. that's your living, and oh, by the way, you're an amateur. You don't make any money at it. Be like, oh, terrible. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this anymore. So I imagine he would have played some for some sort of sporting association. I believe it was a hockey for Montreal, lower Canada. My God. He was born <laughs> in 1854. Yeah. Good Lord. That's amazing. Sorry. I just 
check out. Yeah. No, no, I know. He's he's fascinating. He's the only he's the only uh, goalie who played a lot that had a Wikipedia page. The rest of them who played in the AHAC, they're just like they're apparently not notable enough for Wikipedia pages. Oh, I basically um, didn't even look at goalies because they're just like. Yeah, well, I generally didn't either. I just saw that guy and I was like, "Well, this is interesting." <laughs> yeah. What did a goalie look like? <laughs> um. So up next, we have the Manitoba Hockey Association, also sometimes uh known as the Manitoba and Northwestern Hockey Association, the Manitoba Professional Hockey so- League, and the Manitoba Hockey League. Um. We this is a podcast about amateur hockey, but we this particular league is uh, notable for um, basically being a hybrid. It was uh, amateur um, for 10 years, and then it went pro, um, sorry, not for 10 years, for 15 years, and then it went pro for four years. And then I guess they didn't want to pay people (laughs) or something. And then it went, uh, it went back to being amateur again. Um, but by the time it went back to being amateur, there were a whole actual like competitor leagues. So, um, you know, but by the time it went back to amateur in like 1910. Yeah. So that's, you're getting into NHA territory there. Um, <laughs> so presumably they may have lost some of their, uh, their talent. But to just get an idea of how like all over the place this league was, they two teams from the uh, MHA won the Stanley Cup, but a bunch of teams won the Allen Cup, which is the men's amateur senior trophy. Uh, so when it reverted to, uh, I don't know how old the Allen Cup is. I should look that up. Uh, the Allen Cup started in 1909. So when uh, the Manitoba Hockey League reverted back to amateur, it then became one of the first competitors for the Allen cup, which still exists today. So it's a weird hybrid thing. Um, there in the first 10 years of the league history, there were two hockey teams in it. Three, two years, there were three teams and there was two teams and they were both in Winnipeg. Sounds like a lot of garage leagues I played in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't like, they basically, they would play each other four times. Yeah. And uh, the team that won, in the case of the 1901 season, all four of those games would go on to be Manitoba's competitor for the Stanley Cup. Wow. Um, it was a very different time. Well, yeah, but that, that was like Manitoba's like about as far west as we went, right? <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is that like they were an organized hockey league and there weren't many. You know, when they formed in 1892, they were literally the third major hockey league well second major hockey league ever and um like they beat out uh you know a a couple of the other leagues we're going to talk about by a number of years and and so they um they competed uh for the stanley cup with i believe the ahac champion at one point um but mostly that was the ahac once the stanley cup was introduced of course and uh Unlike the AHAC, players did go from uh, this league to the Hall of Fame. Five players from the um, Stanley Cup winning Winnipeg Victorias are in the Hall. I don't know why five of them, um, because 
you know, this is back when the rosters were really small. And funnily enough, not all of these guys who were inducted in the Hall of Fame actually played on the the played in the game. Some of them were just on the on the team during that time. So it's it's kind of weird. Um, but I think these guys did, you know, a number of them played in, um, some of them are just Manitoba players, but some of them did like one guy, Herb Gardner eventually played in the NHL when he was quite old. Um, you know, there's, there's guys who like, uh, played in the NHA. So a lot of, uh, very few, I think it's only one of the guys from the, um, Winnipeg Victorias that actually like only ever played in the Manitoba Hockey League. Mm -hmm. And so he, uh, you know, he's probably the least impressive. Um, But yeah, there's a, it's, it's a weird one. Um, It's, you can't tell, uh, not only do they not have their league stats available online, unlike the other leagues we talked about. And like, if I had, if I had actually found them, Basically, I would have had to completely. I did already compile all the stats, but like compiling the MHA stats would have taken, you know, um, I don't even have like the stats for like half their seasons. Basically, they're not available online, and so there's no point in even looking into it. And so basically, it's a league that like be, I think what happened was because it became a men's senior league after the pro the three or four seasons where it was pro it just sort of became, um, you know, viewed as one of these lesser, it's of less interest to hockey history because it went back to amateur. Yeah, I, I can see that, yeah. That's my that's guess, anyway. Um, or at least it was trending trending towards professionalism. Yeah, and, and so, and, you know, eventually by the time, you know, by the time they folded, um, the... Uh, you know, that's uh, the Pacific Coast Hockey League, which we're going to talk about in a future episode, and the West Coast Hockey League, which we're going to talk about in a future episode, had both come into existence. And those that's where the pro players were playing, you know. Yeah. The Manitoba League probably became a feeder for those uh, in its last couple years because this, like I said, this league existed for about 30, 31 years, which is, you know, significantly... Uh, it's a lot better than the 12 years the AHAC existed for. Um, but a lot of this time, it was just a, it was just a feeder league for the, you know, it was, its status as one of these pre NHL uh, amateur leagues was only in its first few years of existence or first, you know, 15 years of existence. And for much of that time, there were two teams. So it's, it's hard to like look at it seriously. <laughs> like, no, seriously isn't the right word, but like, it's it's more like you look at this and you're like, what can we possibly learn from this, right? Like, you know, if 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 the Winnipeg Monarchs um, had a star, um, you know, or is it, that's the wrong team. I should uh, pick the Winnipeg Victorias had a star. We don't know anything about them because the records they have is them only playing the Winnipeg Hockey Club over and over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, what does that say about them? Yeah, she's like, well, we beat this team seven times in a row, so we're great. Yeah, that's great. There's a. They could be shitty. They could be Canucks of that era. They could be terrible. There's a, uh, you know, there's a thing that happens to all human beings, um, which is that if you are in your, if you're in a particular um, 
place, uh, physical location, and you only ever practice your craft or your sport against people in that location, and you're very, very good, you become convinced that you're excellent. And it's only <laughs> through, um, you know, experiencing the outside world that you realize whether or not you actually are. Um, and I mean, that now that being said, this league did produce two Stanley Cup champion teams, uh, one in 1896 and one in I believe 1907 um, when actually that one was a pro team, but um, still, so that's something, but like for the most part, they were just playing each other. It was kind of incestuous and uh, you know, they uh, it's kind of like, it's a bit of a nothing league. It's hard to like really, you know, if, if I'm not, like I said, there's a bunch of players who did actually go to the hall of fame. Um, uh, five from the Winnipeg Victorias, which were the amateur team, and then nine from the Kenora Thistles, who were the pro team. Um, but like, if any of these guys were denied being in the hall, I wouldn't be bent out of shape because of this league's like weird history yeah, and you know things, right? Like just so. so um, uh, it's so old. Like just so old. <laughs> yeah, it's so old, and they didn't like. They only had a few seasons where they had more than three teams. <laughs> I, I hate to quote Happy Gilmore, but like, just so old. Yeah. So old. So. <laughs> you can't take her house. She's she's too old. <laughs> like that's that's the whole league is just like you're. Yeah. It's pretty old. You you like you, you might have been great, but like my God, like does anybody remember this? Did we have any sort of? Like nobody took notes, and if anybody did, they walked away with them, and it just they got lost forever. Nobody ever found them. Like, well, and the and the one site that tried to document this league, yeah. uh, whoever was paying for its hosting stopped paying the bill. So, because <laughs> I I found a link from Wikipedia to like a, yeah. a place as like early early MHA stats, and I'm like, ooh, exciting! No site doesn't exist anymore. Oh, dead. Yeah. Go find it in the library, jerk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Read a book. Yeah, read a book, probably by your former prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the last of my leagues is the Canadian Amateur Hockey League, which is the next one uh, second from – oh, yeah, so so we skipped – we chronologically, we were skipping the Western Pennsylvania Hockey League for the simple reason that it was semi-pro, and we're going to talk about it in the pro episode. Exactly. So this one was the next amateur one in Canada. It was only around for seven years. It was the uh, follow-up to the uh, Amateur Hockey Association of Canada. So it was actually formed out of when that league dissolved in 1898, the CAHL was formed from it. Um, this is a very different beast. They had a bunch of teams. And um, those teams stayed relatively the same. They had a schedule. I mean, imagine Ooh, that schedule. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, and they produced. They were the source, at least at the very end of the um, at the end of the nineteenth century. They were the source of um, a couple, more than a couple, uh, Stanley Cup champions or challenges, because it was still a challenge cup back then. Yep. So they were, you know, they had they had teams that won, and they had teams that regularly uh, challenged both challenged the uh, 
Manitoba team. And um, I don't know, because uh, I didn't look into the Western Pennsylvania one. I'm not sure the Western Pennsylvania one was in on this as well. Um, there are substantial, there's over 10 Hall of Famers from this league. And they were, unlike the previous leagues, they were actually, you know, pretty good uh you know five of them were like among the stars so unlike the ahac some of these guys were actually star players in this league uh and i think you're right you know when you said that people don't necessarily remember the first one i think one of the reasons this league produced more stars is there's more record there's more of a record and more people were like when it came time to induct people they were like oh yeah yeah i saw him play at the end of his career or whatever yeah totally yeah so we have uh, Russell Bowie, Harry Trier Tree was in the AHAC, and Rat Westwick from the same league. We have Bruce Stewart, yep. Jimmy Gardner, Frank McGee, Jack Marshall, Marshall, Billy Gilmore, Al Smith, Bruce Hutton. A number of these guys went on to play in future leagues, yeah, um, which is another reason. From my leagues as well. So. Yeah. And this time, I can safely say, I'm very happy to say that the best player, as far as I could tell from the stats available, which was Russell Bowie, is in the Hall of Fame, which makes me much happier Yeah, that he's in. Um, and in fact, who, the guy I would regard basically based on a quick summary of looking at the league as the second best player is also in the Hall of Fame. So that makes me like, I don't have like, unlike with perhaps some future leagues, I don't have like a bug to pick here. I, I look at that. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> they got the the best two guys anyway. <laughs> they may not have got like the third guy, but whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. Um. Anyway, yeah, I think this was a much more. Um. They had a they they had a net in this one, um, which is great, I'm sure. And uh, you know, it was uh, it, I think it was a significant step towards you know, the modern game, even though players were still not getting paid really. And, um, yeah. when it did fold, it became the, or, or the teams from it, I believe went to the federal hockey league, yes. which is one of the ones that you covered. Yeah. Very, very briefly because it ended up turning into another league that I covered. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting to see, I guess as time went on, just the record keeping improved in terms of like what we actually managed to keep. Um, maybe, maybe you know, maybe there was great record keeping back then, and it just all burned down in some horrible fire because fires tended to be a, which is something I'll get to at one point uh, about how many arenas burned down and just ruined. Like, oh, well, that hockey team wanted to play there, and that arena burned down, so you're boned. Like that's it's over, <laughs> uh, which I think is why you know we'll get to that in a later episode. And uh, you know the nineteen, I kind of delved into it a little bit, looking at certain players. Um, you know the uh, the old well, the teams that I looked at with, you know the Montreal Wanderers and um, you know the Jubilee Arena and all that kind of stuff. Just like wow, so their arena burned down, and then that arena they wanted to move into. Burned down the next year. Apparently, <laughs> arenas were burning like hotcakes back then. And the old, uh, what was it called? The Amphidrome, I think, in uh, Michigan. Okay. Where they, uh, Cyclone Taylor and a, a bunch of the, like, you know, sort of 
the old timey, like I'm going to be a pro kind of guys had gone to play there. And they're just like, it's the best modern indoor arena. And then like the economy collapsed. And then like the next year, the thing just burned to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that was that wasn't for insurance or anything. No, not at all. Not Wait, at all. Was there insurance in nineteen oh whatever? <laughs> you know, or nineteen fourteen or whatever the hell year that was. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of like interesting things. But you, they totally could have been like the library, the one library where they stored that written record burned to the ground. But like, well, that's it. Hockey, yeah. like hockey history's dead. Nobody yeah. else thought to keep a second copy. You know, just sort of fucking you know it's just the way it is when it's uh all the all the you know the old uh the old way of keeping things yeah yeah it's uh sort of it reminds me of baseball history too we're just like yeah well we have this legend where babe ruth hit five home runs in one game but like uh so who saw that like nobody (laughs) but uh apparently it was a story passed on from generation to generation like yeah that's right very very (laughs) believable very very believable a lot of his stuff is like story making stuff, but then when you see his actual stats, you're like, yeah, a lot of that stuff could be true, <laughs> or at least only slightly embellished. Maybe he didn't have five home runs, only three. <laughs> yeah, and like some of these guys too, I think you know some of it is probably a little bit of exaggeration, but also oh, like yeah. nobody, I don't think they really knew what defense was, and goalies couldn't really stop a lot because they didn't have pads, at least for yeah, a while. Totally. So it's like. If you came back and lifted a guy's stick, you're yeah. a big defensive hero because you yeah. know your goalie wasn't going to stop it. <laughs> so exactly, I, I'm imagining that that old game, given the way the skates were, having you know having worn an old pair of um, of lancers that my dad wore like back <laughs> like in the 70s, and then having more modern skates, be like, if that's the difference between the 70s and now, those old skates must have been terrible. So if you had like this one guy who was, you know, fantastic on skates, be like, ah, if you just kind of, you know, like sort of bother him a bit and check him really hard, like it must have just been very hard checking because the skates were so bad that like, except for those exceptional players like a Cyclone Taylor or a Cannonball, like all these nicknames that they have where it's like, that guy was great. Everybody else just kind of skated on butter knives for the entire, and it was just hacking away at each other. That's the way I'm imagining the game, right? Like almost, yeah. like, almost like boot hockey. You know, like where the guy can't really do much, like except for just hack away till he gets the ball or puck or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the way I'm imagining it. But who knows, right? Like all I imagine is, you know, that like that old ad that was like not just throwback jerseys, Johnny, throwback everything. That's how I imagined it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like here are these two butter knives. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically it, right? Um all right. So uh where shall I begin? Let's see. Okay, so um I have the uh the ECAHA, sometimes called the ECHA, because they dropped the amateur, because some of them were not at some points. Um, basically, was sort of an amalgam of the um, Federal League, yeah, and the uh, the CHA. Um, 
on two at two different uh points of it right like at, at one yeah. point it was the federal hockey league um the, the caahl and the federal hockey league which is not a slap shot reference for those of uh, those of you who are listening for possibly getting drooly out there no there were no fights um at least not that we know of actually you know what there probably were a bunch of fights <laughs> yeah they just didn't record them yeah somebody probably got cut with a skate at some point <laughs> so it last uh the ecaha or ecaha depending on which wikipedia slash website you look at lasted from 1905 to 1908 so there were four seasons, and it was all the top clubs from the CAHL and the uh, Federal League. Um, and in 1908, they finally shed the amateur status, which is what led to the splitting of the Allen Cup and the Stanley Cup. Oh, okay. With pros playing for the Stanley Cup and amateurs playing for the for the Allen Cup. Um, and then in 1909, after you know solving that whole amateur pro dispute, they immediately dissolved. <laughs> and because of an owner business disagreement. Um, so from 1906, it was the uh, Montreal Hockey Club, the Montreal Shamrocks, the Montreal Victorias, the Montreal <laughs> Wanderers, the Ottawa <laughs> Hockey Club, and the Quebec Hockey Club. A little Eastern-centric, yeah, as it were. Yeah. Um, For Montreal team. Exactly, yeah. Amazing. Well, that's how they rock, right? So um, yeah. by 1908... They had the Montreal Hockey Club, the Montreal Victorias, but they left the league because they were amateur-only teams. Okay. Um, and so what you end up with is just they're sort of the remaining teams trying to keep it together, and they're sort of falling apart. Um, so the, the league winners, and possibly Stanley Cup winners, 1906 were the Ottawa and Wanderers tied. And I believe they're named for that year as uh, Stanley Cup co-champions. Yeah. Uh, 1907 is the Wanderers. 1908 is the Wanderers. I think 1907 the Wanderers lost to the Kenora Thistles. Yes, who are the who yes. are by that point up getting paid. Exactly. So it's sort of that bridge between amateur pro. Yeah. That's that yeah. Weird period, right? Yeah. 1908 the league champions are the Wanderers. 1909 is Ottawa, and then that's it. The league's done. Um, <laughs> Most notable player from that league would be, uh, I believe, Art Ross played just a few games. Lester Patrick played quite a few and is among the league. Um, let me just check my stats here. So uh, the leading or sort of the points points per game leaders, um, Frank McGee, oh, good old Frank McGee, who's been in many, many leagues and is quite important in the early days of hockey. Um, he had 25 points in seven games. <laughs> so for a 3.51 points per game average, apparently way too good for the league. <laughs> uh, probably he's uh, he's in the Hall of Fame, and he probably should be, I guess. Based, I don't know if it's just based on that, but given that and uh, his importance in from everything else I've read, uh, he's been in many many leagues and you know sort of a prolific scorer and early champion of hockey uh, he, he also i mean he was really a prolific scorer because even in oh. the other leagues he was in he scored oh, at yeah. least over in some cases three points per game in some cases at least over two. Oh yeah like it just seems like it's like every time he every time he's on the ice he just scored basically yeah um but you know 
again, like from league to league. And, but it seems like he was sort of the first, um, I don't know. I don't know if we want to sort of like keep naming who was the Gretzky of the league or who was that guy. Like you couldn't stop, but, uh, he was, he definitely seemed like he was the best of his sort of time period. Um, Lester Patrick, uh, is hockey hall of famer for many other reasons, I'm assuming. Uh, but he was a, still a 1.56 points per game. He had uh, 28 points in 18 games. It's not great. It's not the best. But I mean, it would be really good for right now. But oh yeah, but at, yeah. in those days, it was like he wasn't he wasn't necessarily as dominant. But I think it's more his role in terms of like growing the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a I have game. I have a I have a list of possibly the top 31 scorers in the uh, ECAHA and Lester Patrick by points per game is number 22. So there you go. Yeah. But he's, <laughs> I, I think he's definitely more important in terms of what he ends up doing for the game later. Yeah. So he's one of those guys where I'm like, well, is, should he be in the, uh, in the player category or should he be in the builder category? Cause he was, yeah sort of like one of those guys who actually made it more professional, right? With the, the money that he had access to and stuff. Yeah. He became basically like a player owner almost. Um, if you look at the Vancouver Millionaires anyways. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they have Tommy Phillips, uh, who was uh, one of the key members of that league. 10 games played. <laughs> 26 points though. So he's a 2.60. Uh, and that's very, very good. And then we have uh, Moose Johnson, an old stalwart, 40 games played. So he played in that league for a long time. As better as long uh, as he could, yeah. Yeah, seriously, like basically as long as it lasted. Um, and he's a great name, and he only had 1.15 points per game, but he is in the Hall of Fame. Um, That's scandalous. Yes, I know. Well, he was inducted in 1952 along with another Moose. Uh, in, in the same year in the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1952, two guys named Moose were inducted, which is something I'm going to get to an awesome names list later. That's, that's <laughs> He's one fantastic. of the guys. Yeah, yeah, it's tremendous, right? Like, oh, how Canadian is this sport? Two guys, two guys named Moose got in, yeah. and one of them's not even Canadian. One of them's American. <laughs> they both got into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, Let's see. Oh, I've got a list of some great names from that league. Uh, Grover Sargent. Nice. Hamby Shore. <laughs> Hamby Shore is pretty good. It's pretty good. Alf Smith, who is in the hockey hall. Yeah, I've heard of Alf Smith. Yeah, I think he was but, in one of my leagues, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Alf Smith. Who knew, who knew Alf would make an appearance? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things where – the stats are so few and far between. You kind of have to almost guess as to who was really good. I mean, Frank McGee played seven games. He has the best point totals. He played yeah. seven games. Yeah. Moose Johnson played 40, and his stats are not great. But you're sort of like, well, he's in a lot of leagues. He was an old guy, and uh, somebody must have seen him play because he got into the hockey hall of fame. Yeah. So, it's hard to figure out because there's, really there's Frank Glass – who played yeah. 41 games, which I believe is the most in the history of the league, but he was only a 1.07 points per game guy, and and he is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. 
Um, and he did he's make not, it to yeah, the no, NHA, and he, he appears to have won some Stanley Cups. You know? Yeah. No idea why. It's that well. That it's almost like it's almost like nobody was sort of um, almost like vouching for him. Just like oh, who who saw this old guy play? Be like, well, yeah. I he passed away, and I really liked him. So um, yeah, there's there's a great case actually. I, I've read great things about him. He has no basically almost no stats to back him up. Um, Hod Stewart. Used to play for uh, the 1907 Wanderers. He won the 1907 Stanley Cup with them. Um, you know well, how many challenges they did. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he died in 1907 in a diving accident. And to provide for his family, that was the very first All Star game. Which oh, is, okay. Which is kind of surprising because I think everybody thinks that it's the um, what's his name, uh, New Zealand alone one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's the actual very first All-Star game was in like 1907 because huh. he had died and they're like, let's give his family some money because they've lost their provider. Women didn't work. Like, must have yeah. been a tragedy. Like, it's horrible. Um, so, you know, and, and apparently like people used to say he was a fantastic player, but he doesn't have that much proof. And and you look at his numbers. At least his pro numbers are. I mean, I I don't. We haven't looked and done a deep dive on the pro leagues yet. Yeah. But his pro numbers are you know point per game, mm-hmm. and his oh, yeah. uh, his amateur numbers in the CHL are are awful. Yeah, they're less than a point per game. Which like in that Probably league because they didn't count assists or they didn't. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, well, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Who knows how much of this? That's the problem. Is like so much of what we now regard now we would like be able to track talent wise. Yeah. We can't, we can't back then. Cause most of these places were only doing uh, goals. Yeah. That's it. So it's just, a, we really have to go almost on like someone's word from back in the day that he was, Oh yeah, that guy was great. Art Ross was like uh, an olden day Bobby or <laughs> I'm just like, well, I don't know. I never saw him play. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think he was very important in terms of like the way he tried to get in terms of players rights. And he obviously scored quite a bit, but like, I guess he should make the hall of fame just based on his scoring. But it seems like the fact that he has a trophy named after him and he was awesome. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, maybe he meant more to the players than we think, you know, sort of like, cause he was trying to get them more money and he, you know, sort of basically staged you know, he got suspended from the All Montreal and just joined another league. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "All right, fine, screw you." You know, um, sorry, actually, that was the team that he started was the All Montreal, and then when uh, when the uh, the early because th- that's the end of the a- ECHA, I should probably clarify that. Um, so in uh, in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. <laughs> In 1909, yes. 1910, um, the CHA lasted four games. So basically yeah. the end of the ECHA becomes yeah. the beginning of the CHA. And that just lasts for four games because they have no funding. Nobody comes to the games. It's just a total shit show. Um, the Canadian Hockey Association basically dies, but it's Ottawa, Quebec, the Shamrocks, they all decide to leave after these games because 
800 people show up at a game. 1,500 people show up at like the game of the Stanley Cup champions, which is uh, which was the which was Ottawa. The Cup champs get 1,500 people for a game, and there's all these arena disputes, right? Like it gets sort of um, it gets sort of very contentious between the owners. Yeah. Um, and this league is like so unbalanced because some of the teams are brand new to the league, so they have like no players, and some of the yeah. teams are, you know, teams who've won the cup. So, yeah. so you get like Ottawa, Ottawa's goal differential after three games is 44, 44 and 12. So they're <laughs> plus 30 <laughs> games. And then Montréal, Le National, which was the early precursor to Les Canadiens, as in they made a francophone team. They were yeah. minus 25 after four games. That is amazing. And I'm and I'm like like they didn't get cr- like totally shit kicked in all their games, but there were two just games against like Ottawa and the Shamrocks where they just got smoked by like ten goals, like <sighs> minimum ten goals, like they just got smoked. So That's it's amazing. like, well, what kind of league is this? And then people didn't show up. Yeah. Um. So basically, it creates this ECHA split where the Wanderers wanted to change arenas to a smaller arena called the Jubilee Arena. And Ottawa only wanted to play in the Montreal Arena. They're like, we're not going to, like the owners are basically, we're not going to make any money if we play in a this many seat arena. We're the Stanley Cup champions. We should be like, people should be packing the, the place. Like we yeah. should make money every time we play. And in those days, like it was basically just dollars and cents, right? Like we put out this much money for our players if we don't make this much back, we're losing money. You know, like yeah, it's yeah. basically all that matter. Um, and then very, very apropos to today, it was also Ottawa. <laughs> um, <laughs> take that, Melnick. Yeah. Um, so uh, the that uh, the, the basically the arena almost split the entire league. That idea that like the Wanderers, because they had signed a contract. The, yeah. the new owner of the Wanderers owned the Jubilee Arena, and he's like, well, I, I don't want to play anywhere else. And they're just like, well, it's way smaller than where we used to play. He's like, nope. So Ottawa's like, all right, fine, we'll just form our own league. So you have, you know, this new league starts up. You have the All-Montreal, which is started by Art Ross, and he's the old captain of the Wanderers. He basically says, oh, I want to stay in this league, but I'm going to form my own team, the All-Montreal. And then Le National is the francophone team. There's no fan interest. There's 800 fans at a game that doesn't involve Ottawa. There's 1,500 for all Montreal, starring Art Ross, and Ottawa, the Cup Cup champions. And they're just like, nope, this isn't working. Art Ross suspends the entire team of all Montreal. (laughs) And then, well, basically suspends operations, I guess, as it were. And then joins another league under the uh, the, uh, Halesbury. Um, So he basically just screws off. He's done. And then uh, the uh, Ottawa, Quebec, and uh, the Shamrocks joined the NHA, the early NHL. Um, The National are offered, like the the owners of Le National, are offered Les Canadiens, but they decline because they have a lease with the Jubilee Arena, (laughs) (laughs) which had uh, 3,200 spectators maximum. Wow. So in uh, in in nineteen hundred and eighteen, the Montreal Arena burns to the ground, 
And then in 1919, the Jubilee burns to the ground. <laughs> so basically all that early NHL stuff with all this arena problem, well, it kind of got solved by two big fires. <laughs> so, um, it's very confusing and very interesting. Um, but basically that team, Le National, are offered Le Canadien. They don't take it because that was the whole, like the end of the ECHA. Yeah, basically becomes the founding of the of the National Hockey League or the NA, the NHA, which leads to the National. Yeah, Hockey which League. eventually becomes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So it's you know that famous meeting in the Windsor Hotel where they're just like, oh, we're out of this league. Want to sort of form our own league? Oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the the ECHA, um, from what I can garner from its most important players um obviously lester patrick played a little bit he becomes very very important in later hockey um art ross is sort of the precursor of players rights he leads the first uh player strike protest for higher play um he was a defenseman who rushed the puck instead of passing or clearing so he made like a clear uh change to the way the game was played he was the, when the league tried to basically say you have to play for this team. He just declared himself a UFA for them breaking the contract, um, and then he immediately tried to poach players from that league to go <laughs> make money. And then they declared him suspended from the league forever. So he's kind of a modern day Kurt Flood, uh, <laughs> but in a more extreme way, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, or is, or you know, basically, my first thought was like, he's the Kurt Flood of the 1910s, or is Kurt Flood the Art Ross of the 1970s? <laughs> you know, he sort of, uh, he really started as sort of that that pro amateur split, but also this idea that like, hey, I don't have to play for you just because you say so. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, which. I mean, that hockey fight comes up again, uh, what, when, like the 1980s? <laughs> it yeah. took a really long time because sports owners eventually imposed their financial capital and said, basically, like, we're the only game in town. Good luck. They yeah. figured out a better way to do it, I guess. And But even in the early days, they had a guy like our Ross who was just like, no, I'm going to you know, kind of fight for my right to get paid what I'm worth. And yeah. uh, that was sort of after the... Uh, I guess we'll get to that because he technically uh, was a pro for most of his career, but Fred Cyclone Taylor was sort of that, that sort of a guy too, where he's like, I'm going to get paid what I'm worth. And you can call me and, you know, you can call me an amateur. Like I can't be called an amateur cause I'm getting paid, but like, I'm going to get paid basically yeah. what I'm worth, you know, like, uh, and then the whole Vancouver millionaires thing, which I'm sure we'll get to as well as we turn the game from amateur to pro. Um, but I do have a sweet list of, uh, hockey players who played in uh, many of my leagues. Um, and <laughs> they made the hockey hall of fame. Um, okay. so uh, we have a fat Wilson. Nice. <laughs> P H A T by the way. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> He's ahead of his time. In 63 rat Westwick, as we've discussed, yeah. uh, 60, inducted in 63. Great, great name. Bullet Joe Simpson inducted in '63. <laughs> Shorty Green inducted in '63. Alf Smith. Oh, Shorty Green was in the NHL later, I think. Yes, I believe he was. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I was just looking at sweet names. At yeah, yeah, yeah. Era, right. Um, Alf Smith '62. Sweeney Shriner from. 63. Oh, Sweeney Shriner, yeah. Yeah. Reg Noble 
from six. Reg Nodal, he's a he was the first uh, star of the arenas. There you go. I just thought it was a great name. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just looking up awesome names out yeah, of the yeah. list from like the sixties and fifties. It's it's, it's interesting guys. though, because like so this is this is a weird um, reason. I guess as good reason as any, but I I uh, I have a addiction to a online trivia site, and when I say addiction, I I mean like it is a problem. Like I <laughs> I sit for sometimes an hour or more at a time playing <laughs> trivia games online. You, and you could have worse addictions. I I could, but I mean it really is like it. I'll just time will disappear. And one of the things I do uh, is I play hockey quizzes. Oh, and nice. when you are reading off those last names, yeah, that's the first time that guys who are answers in those quizzes have I've popped up. Because like wow. when I was the leagues I was looking at, yeah, no, lucky if they made the NHA, like Rat Westwick did, but like that's as far like you know they had to have like lasted a long time in order to make yeah. the NHA. Um, I think he made the NHA. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um, most of the guys, you know, in, in the early amateur leagues never played pro or if they did play pro, they played, um, you know, like the Manitoba pro or something like that, like yeah. very briefly. And, and, and now you, you say like Sweeney Shriner and Shorty Green and Reginoble, like I know those names, <laughs> those are like early NHL players who actually like when they were in the NHL, they, um, were good enough that like most of the trivia questions I'm answering would be like people who are either you know they either have a, played a lot of games or they scored a lot of goals yeah. and relative to the league at the time of course and so i was like oh when you're saying those names i'm like oh i know those guys like finally there's a little bit of familiarity with the yeah. with these these last leagues here oh yeah well i'm, I'm just throwing a rant I, I, at one point i just wrote down random names they actually may not have played my league so i was just enjoying the names from those years where I think... a lot of my players were inducted. Um, and then there was uh, Steamer Maxwell. and Oh, Hunter Steamer Dodd. Maxwell's a good one. Yeah, there's, there's great names where I'm like, man, hockey players used to have fantastic names. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I just thought it was very interesting that some of my guys' names popped up in that thing. And it was sort of like what I looked at before. Where it was, uh, the, uh, it was uh, Moose Goheen and Moose Johnson in the same year in 1952. And then Alf, uh, Alf Smith, Grover Sargent, Hanby Shore, like just these old, great, like you'd never, you'd never hear a name like that in today's day and age, right? Like it's just yeah. the way people used to be named. It's it's kind of an old, great throwback, which is sort of this era that we're looking at, right? So I thought it was very yeah. appropriate to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, and they had some great, uh, the steamer one is, is just, it's amazing. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Just another another time <laughs> it's just another time right it's like uh steamer maxwell lefty grove uh... <laughs> oh steamer maxwell was in uh my league i just missed it i, I missed the great name oh okay he there played in the uh in the manitoba league perfect there you go <laughs> yeah i'm glad i caught up on it <laughs> so i i uh when i look at all this stuff i just one of my, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this whole thing 
is because I get, I get kind of as, as you know, you know, and I feel, I think you feel the same way to some extent. I get kind of bent out of shape sometimes with like, not just who's in the, in the hall, but who, who wins the awards, um, which is a huge pet peeve of mine. Absolutely. Um, And go, but going back to these leagues, like you really are, it's like you were saying, you know, it's, it's almost as even if there wasn't, even if it's only a metaphor for a fire burning down the records or someone walking away with the score, yeah, it is as though it's, it's such a far remove, you know, you look at like these guys in, in, in these leagues, especially the really early amateur ones. And you're like, I, I can't really know anything about this without like, even, even if I do go out and not just read Harper's book, but read like all the books, that are currently available about like the first, you know, hockey in the 19th century, for example, there's still going to be this sort of wall up between like, even, even between the early pro game, um, you know, and, and what was being like, I mean, there's, yes, there's definitely, there's definitely going to be some major similarities between the uh, uh, NHA and the, uh, CHA and the ECAHA and maybe even the federal league and the earlier Canadian league, because, you know, a lot of those guys played in both leagues and uh, some of the same franchises played in those leagues, even though some of the, you know, one was pro and the others were amateur, yeah. but you go back far enough and it's like, like you can't even, um, there's just so many differences and there's yeah. so little information that it's hard to be able to, to say, you know, all I'm trying to say is when they sat down in the forties and through the, um, up through the sixties where they were inducting these guys yeah. from this time, I'm not sure what the hell they were doing. I think well, that, that, that that's it. My, my whole thing of assuming this was like assuming that it was a bunch of old, like t- taking what's go, what, what was going on, let's say five or 10 years ago, right? Pat Quinn was kind of running the show. He was the guy who was making the phone calls and I'd listen online and be like, Oh, Pat Quinn's calling this guy and they're recording the phone call. Like, well, they were obviously weren't recording the phone call back then, but in the fifties, it must've been some old guy like Pat Quinn who had seen these guys when he was in his twenties and thirties. And now he was really old and he was sort of the, you got to figure they got guys who used to watch old hockey to make these decisions. You would hope yeah. um, not just be like, ah, he was important. Put him in. Like somebody just showed up with a letter and said, Hey, I remember seeing, but like, ah, oh, he's in, you know, like you'd like to think there was some sort of a committee, but we don't know. Right. Yeah. But like that sort of like, oh, I saw this guy play back then and he told the story and then you had some stats to back it up and you're like, oh, he sounds like he's fucking pretty good. And yeah. then like five other old guys go like, I saw him play too. He was fantastic. Like, yeah. okay, we well, based on these old timers, we have to put him in. But like nowadays, like, I mean, we, you know, the record keeping improved so much that you have proof of like how good these guys were. Like, uh, you know, my mom used to work at an old folks home uh, when she was, she used to be head nurse at an old folks home and they were for quite wealthy elderly ladies and they'd lived these like incredible lives. And one of them was sitting there one day and my mom saw a hockey card like in glass on her case. 
And she just said, oh, you know, who's that? And she said, that's a nice old hockey card. And it was like literally from like the 1930s or 40s. She's like, oh, that's King Clancy. Like, and my mom's like, yeah, but you're Mrs. Clancy. She's like, yeah, it's my brother. <laughs> like, oh my God, are you? Like my mom, like she... She's like, this is. She's like, this doesn't impress me, but my son will find this friend. And sure enough, it was King Clancy's sister happened to be in that nursing home. And she's like, and this is like an early card of him. She's like, yes, yes, that's one of the first years he played, and blah blah blah. Talked about his career, like, just it was like, my God, like, you 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 witnessed his entire career. And he's so important to the game of hockey that one of the biggest trophies named after him. And like, no one has written a book about your stories. Like, just, yeah, yeah. like it's almost like we've, we've lost this history and you know, she was still alive in the nineties and nobody's gotten around to it. And it's like, well then imagine what it was like in the fifties. You just like, yep. you take the word of three newspapermen and uh, some mailman who saw him play and just be like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> oh, well, and 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 in addition to that, you also have this thing where the league um, does this weird thing, uh, which we don't really understand. Where I mean, right now there's that that four player cap, which is not something that I get. Um, but like back, you know, in uh, 1945, they induct what like nine players or something, nine or ten players. They don't induct anyone the next year. Yeah. Then they induct. Um, another like eight or ten players in in forty seven, and then they don't induct anyone the next year, and then they induct two people in nineteen forty nine. I swear I have a point to this. Yeah, they're inducting guys from the early days. Yeah, into the nineteen sixties. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. What yeah, the hell were they doing? Because like, yeah, like as like as late as like nineteen sixty two, you're just like. Al, like, Alf Smith, who you mentioned, we forgot about. Like, so, yeah, you know yeah. What? I, I think it took him that long to do the research because it was the, like, well, how many libraries in Canada can we go to? <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe that was what's going on because Alf Smith, yeah, who we both mentioned, played in yes, the AHAC, right? yeah, 1962. He's inducted 17 years into the existence of the Hall of yeah. Fame. 17 it's years. It's almost like nobody had figured out how good he was or to, to my point about how shitty record keeping was back then, even in the fifties, like just, yeah. I, I mean, you had to be like, it's one of those things where I think we sort of caught the very tail end of it in university where we would be required to use, you know, if you had to write 10 sources on a paper, nine of them had to be from a book and you could use one internet one. Yes, like, yeah, absolutely. I had the same, yeah, we had that rule for sure. We had that rule. And nowadays it's like, literally you don't have, like the teachers will say like, use, use at least one book. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. And you can probably find said book online because the internet's a thing. Yeah. Um, but Imagine back in those old days, how many different libraries you had to consult and cross-reference and use the microfiches. And like, it must've been insane to do research back then. So maybe that explains the delay. Like, we're I hope it does. I hope that's stuff. the reason. I, I would really hope, I hope that. Like, I hope the reason isn't they just decided in 1962, some of the same people have been there in 1952. That, oh yeah, he's good enough. <laughs> 
given um, given the 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 way the NHL seems to run itself, I would bet highly on the fact that they just went like, oh, well, what about these old guys? We have nobody this year. Yes, <laughs> like, just because sort of like we ran out of guys and we need to make ourselves relevant. Case in point, you know, yeah. uh, Eric Lindros. <laughs> you yeah, know? Well, Eric Lindros is a whole case of like. Yeah. Oh, and we will get to him, but I'm just as um, an example of like a guy who like they waited to induct for reasons that like you kind of have to parse, you know. Yes. And I don't, I don't think Al Smith pissed anyone off to the point who was voting in 1962, so that they just wanted to make him sweat for a while. But more, I just mean like he's. It's just <laughs> he weird was, to I'm me. Assuming he was long dead. He'd been dead for. He'd only been dead for nine years. Oh well, so well, that's not that dead. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does seem like you know they could have done it in 1952 when he was alive, but that's he another story. Um, but they've done that with quite a few guys, haven't they? They have. They have a bit of a uh, a reputation. A bit of a history with that, don't they? Yeah, Especially yeah. with people who have cancer and then they just don't induct them for yeah. no reason whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, they do. Um, anyway, um, so I am. I just. I. I look at that and I'm just like, I don't. I mean, I wanna. I wanna tear it apart and say you guys are ridiculous. Once again, here you are. You've just like. You've looked at like this list of of uh players from the past and you maybe you were like i think you're probably right i think they were probably asking like the oldest person they could find like did you see them play and they they inducted you know some new some recent guys and some old guys and then some recent guys and some old guys i don't know why they skipped the years i'm sure there was a reason at the time but i do wonder like you know like why i wonder like why they went back you know, as far as they did, and there's another guy. They were still doing it in 1963. Mm-hmm. Um, 1963, Rat Westwick made in 1963. So they were still yeah. Jack Marshall in 1965. So they were still inducting into the mid 60s. They were still inducting guys from this time. Yeah. And I just wonder, like, I kind of, you know, I know you, you know, there's you already alluded to it. There's no way we could hear tapes of this, but I would love to hear like what the rationale for that was because one day they stopped. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. I'm, I certainly don't think every am, you know, every member of the age no, AC should be in the league. I do wonder why the, the guy who played the most games in that league, for example, or the yeah. best player from that league are not in the hockey hall of fame. I don't really get that. Very um, bizarre. It could be, like you said, it could be the records just weren't available at the time or were, you know, required so much effort to make them available that they were like, well, we, we have this guy's stats. We don't currently have that guy's stats. Yeah. Or they might not even have known, you know, like, um, we have access to things they never had access to. So yeah, I, I can be like, damn it. Haviland Ruth belongs in the hockey hall of fame. And if they like, if nobody on the committee even knew who he was, yeah, well, he's not getting in. Well, yeah, that's it. You'd have to make his case with like evidence, and uh, maybe. I mean, you'd hope evidence. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you would do in this day and age. You'd have to like literally find proof that he was great. Yeah, and, and it's it's pretty hard. That everyone who ever saw him play is long dead. I mean, yeah. and I mean long dead. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, basically no chance, right? Like. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no. Even when he played, I think 
nobody who's alive now exists. Like, like they, 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 didn't even, they weren't even born when he played. Like, so how are you yeah, supposed I mean, to he, find stuff for him, right? Like, it's insane. He won Stanley Cups in the 1890s. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, nobody ever saw that. I, yeah. I may have, uh, I may have conversed with a lady or two at my mom's old folks' home who was alive when he won those cups, but she would have been like two or three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there is no physical proof. Uh, they they have none of it. Um, and even the old timey hockey stuff, it's like literally, if you were not in the building, you just went on hearsay, right? So like yeah. there were there were no cameras, radio. If you were lucky, barely been invented. I mean, uh, but I mean, like, well, it's like the, the records are just, it just it like, when was the typewriter invented? I don't even know. <laughs> but uh, I have I, a feeling things were not typewritten. Yeah. Or if yeah. they were, very shoddily. Most stuff was sent by telegraph, and if nobody wrote it down, it was just gone forever. Like, who knows, right? So. Yeah. So the. There was a thing I was reading about. Uh, I was uh, reading about the Patrick brothers, where they literally, uh, when they got hired for uh, the Renfrew Millionaires, was sort of that 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 gap between amateurs and professionals. And they're just like, oh, he's he's like, I'm assembling, a, you know, my, I want my Renfrew Creamery Kings to be the the Stanley Cup champions, man. And uh, I'm assuming they all said man way earlier than yeah. we think they said man. Yeah. Um, and and he, like they're like oh well we sent him our trade demand like our our contract demand not ask our demand by telegraph and i'm just like what the fuck? like how is this a thing and then and he just sent back okay <laughs> what I'm just like oh i guess he's paying us five thousand dollars for 10 games it's like wow you're a professional it's like, wow, you're making five hundred dollars a game back in those days. That's a hell of a salary. <laughs> For some families, that's three years' salary, like nineteen yeah, tens. Yeah. Like they were still getting paid very, very well, but it's because it was the the cusp of like owners knew they could make money off of them, so they'd pay anything to win the cup, kind of thing, because they needed to be able to milk it for all they were worth. But I mean, still, just sort of that era of. It's it's so bizarre. Yeah. To think of I'm I'm an amateur, I make zero dollars. You're gonna pay me five thousand dollars for ten games? Be like, yes. <laughs> I and, would I would gladly pay ten games I would play ten games right now for five thousand dollars. <laughs> and it's a hundred years later. Yeah. <laughs> I I think all of this is to say that like we don't it's really impossible to know what to do with these early guys oh, absolutely. you have to give as much as i don't want to you sort of have to give the hall a bit of a mulligan and and say like okay well you picked these guys these amateurs and you didn't pick these other amateurs and that okay all right <laughs> you know unless unless someone is going to go back and like and and can actually find like primary sources yeah that show that some of these guys who aren't in the hall were really, really good, or some of these guys who are in the hall were not as good as the hall seems to think they are. Like my, I, I think from I was already leaning this way, but I think what I fe- 
feel like I've learned today is that when we do our player by player evaluations, we have to start with the pros because the amateurs are just like, who the hell knows? Like, yeah, who knows? Honestly, yeah, that's basically it. Like, once the <laughs> once the record keeping starts to be solid, where every game of a season has been accounted for, yeah. has been properly recorded. If you and don't start balls. there, you're just like, well, I don't Rude. know. Like, maybe that guy was great, and they missed all his good games, or maybe that guy was terrible, and they only recorded his great games. Yeah, they, you know. Because either because the record keeping was shoddy, or somebody wanted to sort of make him look better than he was, because he was uh, Frank, I don't know, a Frank of old folk hero, or yeah. he had one of those things. You know, you never know. Yeah. So, it, I think basically until the NHL like starts, and even then, the record keeping is pretty bad. It's pretty hard to say. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, and I mean. It, it's really, especially with the moving around from league to league and, yes. and, you know, and, and, and you can't, it's hard to blame them, you yeah, know, why? especially the guys who move for money or, or, or work or otherwise. I mean, you can't like, if they went and played in a, a lesser league because like it was the only way they were surviving. I mean, you can't really say, like, you know, like nowadays, if someone willingly, I, I think not that there's been any, I don't think there's been like any really, really glaring instance of this, but let's say for hypothetical, hypothetical case that an, an up and coming like John Tavares level or Steven Stamkos, well, Tavares because he was more famous at the time, level prospect decided for strictly for monetary reasons. And I mean like a North American prospect. I don't mean a Russian prospect. Strictly yeah. decided for monetary reasons to play his entire career in the KHL. Yeah. I think that there's no way in hell that guy is going in the uh, the Hall of Fame. However, oh, absolutely not. if someone did something like that back in like the 1900s, yeah. like played, I don't know, played in the Manitoba League instead of the NHA, because like, you know, this is a bad example because Manitoba went back to amateur, but like, you know what I mean? Played in a lesser, uh, like semi pro league instead of the main pro league because they were getting more money. It's really hard to like hold that against them. Um, and it's, and it's hard to even know whether they were making those decisions because we have so little information. Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll probably get to that when we start considering the, uh, WHA and the, yeah. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, we will. Yeah, and I have strong opinions about. But I, 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 completely agree. If you're going to play in a lesser league and score a bazillion goals, how do we quantify that? We know you're great. Yeah. But who are you playing against? Yeah. We can't consider. You know, you can't be Bobby Hull and goal scorer. I'm, I'm assuming he scored like 75 goals. Oh, he did. He scored 70 something goals a season. Yeah. 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 And it's like. In the NHL, you probably would have scored 50, but you played against way better players. But we have proof because he played first in the NHL. It's like, oh, yeah, he was already great. Fucking put him in the NHL. Like, for sure, he was just – it was like a player thing. Yeah. But for all the guys who only played in the WHA, just like, well, how do we quantify this? I don't know. You know, I mean, imagine the league hadn't folded. Yeah. And Gretzky – Oh, yeah, yeah. 
for the Indianapolis Racers for his entire career. It's like, well, you scored 4,074 points in uh, this many games. Like, all you did was beat the shit out of this league. We have yeah. no idea how good you are because you never played against the best, except for obviously we would have put him in, uh, you know, the Canada Cups and stuff like that. He would have scored yeah. this many yeah. points. But, wow, this guy's great. But, yeah. like, then he would have this sort of thing. Like, he never played in the best league. Yep. So it's, yep. it becomes very, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's sort of a complicated thing, I guess. Yeah, it is. And it's going to get, it will get quite complicated. But I think for the, the amateurs and the early pros, it's sort of like, well, you know, you played in the league you played. You couldn't have possibly, especially in the early days of the NHL, no one knew the NHL was going to be the one that won. You know, like no, nobody, they were sort of like uh, two guys met in a room who, of the, the basically the rejects of that conversation. So, like, oh no, the old power said we can't do our thing. And then just like, well, let's, what if we made our own league? And yeah. then let's make a French team and an English team. And next thing you know, bam, we're the league. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Cause there were multiple leagues, you know, oh, up yeah. until, uh, up until 27. So, you know, you couldn't, the players didn't know what was going to be the enduring one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that wraps it up uh, for this one. Yeah. yeah. And I think our conclusion is that, well, our conclusion is we don't know what to do with these players. <laughs> and so exactly. the well, league we, did we, as good a job as possible. Yeah. Well, that's or the it. hall did, rather. We know which ones should definitely be there, I think. Um, sort of those like legends of hockey, but for everybody else, you just kind of have to take the Hall of Fame's word for it because yeah. we don't have any contradictory proof. And I will just say that this is probably going to be the last time that I'm okay with. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, I completely agree. I'm very, uh, I'm very opinionated when it comes to players who should and should not be in. Yes, so, as am I. Towards more modern times, and especially when we get into the the era where I've seen these guys play, I will be much more vociferous in my debating of whether or not they should be in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, thanks for listening and, uh, we will, uh, we'll pick this up with our, uh, early, our, our episodes, I guess, on the early pros, which, uh, we will, I guess we'll, we'll, we haven't quite sorted out the order yet, so we'll figure that out. And, uh, yeah, that's what you can look forward to next. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. All right. Take care.